take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We were in a portion of this passage a couple weeks ago. We're going to be kind of covering the rest of it today. We've been in this series, as you turn there, we've been in this series of war with the flesh, talking about this kind of internal battle that we have with our with our old nature as we fight to uh, be Christians, as we fight to uh, be holy, as we seek to be God's representation in this world and how this battle goes on. And we've just been kind of laying the groundwork uh, for looking at some very specific battles and some areas that we're supposed to fight against our flesh in. Those will kind of be the battlefields. And we're going to wait till after Easter to kind of go to the, the specific battlefields that we'll cover in this series. Uh, up to this time, we've just kind of been doing the preliminary work, looking at the different combatants, what our flesh is, how we fight against an enemy. And we have this enemy out there who's out to seek us harm. Um, we looked a little bit last week of what a, a battle with our flesh, how that actually kind of lives and looks like in our life as we fight against sin and the temptation, the desires that come from within us. And today, before we go to those battlefields, I think it's good that we take time to kind of prepare ourselves for battle. If we're going to go into battle uh, with our flesh, if we're going to try to fight these spiritual battles, uh, what is it that we need uh, in order to uh, be effective in this war. And that's kind of what we're covering today, Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read the verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith for, with which you are able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. With this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change that in proclaiming that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. We covered verses 12 through 13 a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at that enemy, that real enemy we have, those spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places, uh, forces of darkness uh, against the powers and rulers of the air, that these spiritual warfares we have, those those things that are from outside us that attack us, that, that kind of work and draw the things that are within us fighting, that second old nature of ours, and those outside forces, that fisherman we talked about as he tries to lure us. Well, later on in this passage, it gives us a way of preparing to fight those forces, both those from within and without. And I know that there's a, there's a lot going on in this passage, and, and there's a very historical setting to this passage. Maybe you've heard, maybe you've not heard people go into the different parts of the armor and explain all those, those kind of 
you know, what the helmet is and what girding up your loins means and, and all that kind of historical evidence and, and this great and powerful imagery. But I kind of want to move past that historical setting and, and all those particulars of the actual armor and just kind of get down to some essentials. I think there's, there's at least five essentials, uh, described in this. If we're going to be in battle, let's just kind of cut the, through the history part and just get down to, to what is, what do I have to have if I'm going to be victorious in, in a spiritual warfare? Now, I want to remind you a little bit about last week, something I mentioned. There's all kind of different types of spiritual warfare and these essentials are important in all these types, whether we're dealing with discouragement, like I confessed that I've been dealing with this week. One of my hopes is to be more and more real behind this podium that I, that I'm not anything more than just who I am that I want to be real. And so this week has been a, a spiritual battle for me in, in a lot of ways, but it's been fighting against discouragement, really. Um, as, as I told you, bad news, bad news, bad news. But I'm excited to tell you in the future about how God worked in this week. He's also been at work in this week too, and, and I've seen that. And so as we praised him this morning, it was reminding me again of some of the work that he is doing, that we are more than victorious, that in these battles we have a sure victory. Or if you're fighting the spiritual battle of doubt, you know, just struggling with faith in itself and, and who Jesus is and the claims Christ makes. Or if you're dealing with distress, you know, there's circumstances in your life uh, that are just causing you stress and distress where you, you feel like you're overcome, overwhelmed and undone. And, and that, that this is, you know, it's just not worth it anymore. Uh, whether you're fighting darkness and, or being, having your mind darkened to the truth of who Christ is, the, the truth of the scripture, the truth of what we believe and, and are, are just struggling with that kind of idea or dealing with people who are darkened in their minds. And the defamation, this is just where our sin, the actions that we do cause Christ to be defamed in this world. And that's really what we're fighting for when we're fighting against our, our flesh. But these are essentials, I think, to all the for victory in all these areas. And so those essentials are, so we're looking for essentials for fighting spiritual battles, especially against our flesh, as we're concentrating on that a little bit more. The first one is truth. You know, stand firm, therefore, having your loins girded with truth. Truth. We need truth in our life. If we're going to fight, if we're hoping to have victory in a spiritual battle, you have to know the truth, have to have some truth, you have to put your faith in the truth. Because remember this, this is one of the things we said last week. At the base of every sin, there is a lie. There, there is a lie at the base of every sin out there. And if we're going to fight against sin, fight against our flesh, fight against the evil one and our enemies, we have to have a truth to battle that base lie with. One of those base lies, or what I believe is the base base lie of all of them, is that what I'm about to do, that this sin, this action, this whatever, is better than what God offers me or what God wants for me. I mean, at the end of the day, when we choose, when we're faced with a decision, this is God's way, this is some other way than God's. For you to choose the other way than God's, in your heart, you have to believe, well, this is better than doing it God's way. I mean, that, that's really the base choice, and that's the base lie that Satan's always used. God's way is not the best way. 
God's holding out on you. That desire you have, that pleasure you want, that joy you seek, that need you have and need provision for, it's better met this way than that way. God doesn't know how to give you what you really want. God doesn't know how to really meet the pleasures of your life. God doesn't know how to give you really deep down joy. God doesn't know how to meet the needs that you have. God doesn't know how to give you the desires that you want as good as you know how to do it or something else has to do it. That this is better than his way. Now, when you say it that way, when I say it to myself that way, I'm like, gee, I'm a dummy. I mean, when you, if you can get to the place where you say, my way is better than God's way, just hearing you kind of goes, well, that's stupid. But we believe that lie. We buy into that lie that, that this is more fulfilling. This is more joyous. This is more pleasurable. This meets my needs better than what the creator had for me. Cause everybody knows he's just holding out on you. Everybody knows he knows what's best and he builds all these rules around so you can't get it right. That he's just this guy like I know what would really make you happy and what really make your life good and what really make your life grand and what would give you the best life possible and help you experience joy and pleasure and happiness and and just be the person you want to be. But I've set up these rules so you can't do it. I mean, don't we believe those lies? Isn't that the lie that we here in our minds and so if we're going to battle against that we have to have truth which is what james told us last week right every good and perfect gift comes from god if it's not from god it's not good or perfect it's something less than good and something less than perfect and so we must have this base truth and hold on to that truth like i said last week to be able to always say god's way is better that's a truth we need to have to fight these spiritual battles the second essential we need to have is a desire for righteousness it puts it this way putting on the breastplate of righteousness that covering of our heart that there needs to be a real desire for righteousness a longing, a, a, a I got to have this, like I need it, like I need to breathe kind of desire. You know, Romans 8, 6 and 7 says this, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God for those for it does not subject itself to the law of God. It's talking about when it's talking about mind, it's talking about that inner core of who we are, that inner being. What are we set on? What's our heart's desire? What's our heart set on is how we would say it. What's the concentration of our heads? What are we thinking about? What are we living for? And I've realized there's kind of two different kind of wants, desires in this world. One I call the want of ease and the other one's the want of work. Right. For example. I want to play the guitar. I do. If it's easy. You know, I want to be able to go over there and pick it up and do like Scott. And just rip it out. I'll pick it up and show you what I can do, but I can promise you it ain't what he can do on it. I want that if it's easy. If I could just pick it up and do it. I have the want of ease, not the want of work. I wish I had the want of work. Where I would pick it up, I would teach myself chords, I would go have lessons, 
and then I would make myself practice for 30 minutes each and every day, at least, if not an hour. That's the want of work. And so we have all these wants, you know, we, I want this and I want that and I want this. I want to be slimmer. I want to I want to do whatever it is. I want to be able to run a marathon. I want to run a 5K. You know, we we want all these things in life, but we have the want of ease. You know, we want it without putting the work behind it, dedicating ourselves. And then there's those real heart desires, that thing that I want so bad that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get it. You know, and we all have those things in our lives. You'll see it in athletes, right? Uh, my, my niece is a softball player. She loves softball. She wanted to be great at that. And literally every day after school, she did her homework, went downstairs. They built a pitching thing in her basement. She would throw a hundred pitches at least a day. You know, this is at 10 years old. She was going down and throwing a hundred pitches a day. You know, she would like bug her dad. Oh, you got any free time? Can we go outside and throw a catch? Will you pitch some to me? Can I hit into a net? She was, you know, obsessed with this. We call them obsessed people, right? They're obsessed. They, they want it so bad. That's all they think about. That's all they do. That's all they concentrate on. And they, they work at it and they work at it. And we admire them in some cases because they become successful because they have that want of work. It is their heart's desire. And when it comes to righteousness, we got to have the want of work and not the want of ease. Too many of us says, I want to be righteous for God's sake, if it's easy. You know, I want to be better. I want not to have this sin in my life. I want to do this thing for God. I'd like to, you know, be able to teach. I'd like to go on a mission trip. I'd like to, you know, be a witness to my coworkers or talk about Jesus, my faith in the community. All those things are hard to do. Every one of those is a challenge. And unless we want that kind of righteousness, like my niece wanted to be a softball player, that we're willing to really put the work into it, that it's a heart desire, then we're probably not going to get there. We'll just kind of be like me playing the guitar. Yeah, I can pick it up and I can strum away on it and make a lot of noise that will make you plug your ears. And so when it comes to righteousness, when we want to, when we're in this battle, we've got to really want to win. Otherwise, if you don't have that want of work, you're kind of defeated before you start. The third thing we need is a good understanding of the gospel. Having your feet shod with the preparation, with preparation of the gospel of peace, that you need the gospel, you need a, a clear understanding about what the big picture is. The gospel, the good news, the, the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the whole thing encapsulated into one story, one event, one message God wants to get us. It's called the good news. And if there's one verse that really explains it, probably, and there's a number of verses that explain it, but one that we know really well, John 3, 16 through 18, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You can hear the good part of the news in that, right? You shall not die, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world. But that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he's not believed in the name 
of the only begotten Son of God. There is the good news, the gospel, the story of the Bible. And we have to understand that news. That there's this big thing going on. And we're part of this big story. And the fights that we have with our flesh, the fights we have with discouragement or doubt or distress or whatever spiritual battle is because of the gospel. It's not for the gospel. What I mean by that is it's because we have peace with God. The, The good news is that our war with God is done. That Jesus has brought us victory. He saved us. He's made peace between us and God for those who have believed in his name. And we fight this fight no longer with God, but on God's behalf for God's glory in this world. And so we rest that we have the the real war, the important war has been done. We have peace with God. This is the good news. Jesus took care of that. And any other fight, spiritual fight we come into is because we've been saved, because of the good news and, and for the advancement of the good news that we fight. And so having that clear in our minds that Jesus has brought us victory and set the gospel, the good news of peace with God enables us to fight. Now, the core of all these things, taking up the shield of faith. faith when it comes to all these things i've realized a long time ago any debate any action anything we do or say always comes down in the end if you take it back far enough to a faith question it's always going to be about faith hebrews eleven six says this and without faith It is impossible to please him, and the him is God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who seek him. That everything will always come down to a faith question. So give a couple of examples. We talked about the need for truth. Truth is a a faith question. Do you believe there's such a thing as truth? I do. Do you believe or do you believe the world is relative and there are no absolutes and there are absolutely no absolutes and that that truth is just what you make it, what you decide for it to be, how what's true in your life, what makes you feel right? Or do you have a core belief that there is a right and a wrong? There is a true and a false out there. If you're going to look for truth and base your life on truth, you must believe that it exists. We talked about uh, righteousness. Righteousness is the belief in right and wrong. Is there a right and a wrong? And is there a judge who will judge right and wrong? Is there someone over that who decides what is right and wrong? And I'm beholden. I must answer to those right and wrongs. You have to have a a faith that this is the way the world is. And maybe you need to have a faith that, well, I'm not the one who decides. If you remember back to that gospel, this is the judgment when you don't believe in the name of God. Or if we want to believe that the gospel, we we just looked at what the gospel and the story is that God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for a bunch of sinners so that if we would believe in Jesus, we can live forever in heaven. And that's the shorthand version of it. Do you believe that? Do you believe there's a real heaven and a real hell? Do you believe there's a God in heaven and a devil in hell? 
These are core faith beliefs. And what we do and how we fight these fights will be based on whether we believe this or not. And do you believe what God says? If you will have faith, you will please him and he will reward you if you seek him. You got to believe it's worth it. That, that God's going to meet you halfway. That, that putting your faith in, and having faith in these things and the things we do and the other things that we say, that it's worth it. That God notices and He cares and He will reward those who seek Him. Do you believe there's such a thing as salvation? That God wants to save us. That there's a danger and that we need someone to rescue us. Which is, by the way, the fifth essential, reliance and salvation. The gospel, we take up the shield of faith, which extinguishes all the fiery arms, and put on the helmet of salvation. That our mind is set that we are saved. Remember that as we fight these fights, we're not fighting for our salvation. We're fighting because we have been saved. We're not wanting to, to win God's favor. I don't want to overcome my flesh so that God will save me. I have the ability to overcome my flesh because God already has saved me. And we always have to get those in order. We're not fighting for our salvation. We're fighting because we have been saved. This is not the victory that Jesus is the victory. Our victory is in Jesus. We have been saved because of Jesus. He was sent to save the world, not condemn the world. That's why he came. And so we fight these fights, not for it, but because of it. This needs to be settled in our heart, that this battle that we fight is for something else. We are fighting for God's glory. That's the reason we fight. Let me remind you again of that verse in Romans chapter 1, verse 5. For His name's sake among the nations. We fight for obedience. We fight for uh, to, to give our lives. We fight for victory over our flesh. We fight for victory in spiritual battles for His name's sake among the nations. You know, there's a lot of people who've had a bad week like I've had this week. The difference between me as a Christian and them as a non-Christian is at the end of the day, I can say, my God is faithful. That my God has seen me through. That no matter how bad it is, that I can look to victory in His name. You know, I, and I, and I struggle. There are times I picture myself as Moses. I was telling somebody this this week. I, I'm glad. There's a lot of reasons I'm glad I wasn't Moses. But one of the main reasons is, I realized if it, if I'd been Moses this week, and we're standing there at the, you know, the Red Sea, Pharaoh's armies are charging behind us, you know, Moses is standing there kind of going, okay, God, what are you going to do now? That's not what I'd have done. I'd have been there and said, okay, brothers and sisters, swim. Jump in. Swim. That faith that I need sometimes to stand in those situations and trust my Lord and say, we're just going to wait here and see what God does. I struggle in that area sometimes, just being real. I'd have been diving in. Okay, everybody learn the backstroke. Here we go. Cross, cross the ocean. But then God reminds me, I got this. You can face this. You can handle this. You can be involved in this for my glory. Just settle down and wait. Just settle down and wait. And so when we face the trials of life, when we fight these battles, that we rely on God, the Savior, and it's because of his name. 
And so I look forward to being able to, to proclaim, well, I saw God do this, and I saw God do this, and I saw God do this. And so I'm thankful that we can live differently with the stresses of this world because of our reliance in God. So those are kind of the essentials. Those are the things we need. Those are kind of the parts. It's interesting when this starts off, it says, finally be strong. This is verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. This is God's armor. It's not our armor. Picture David. Remember, David went out to see check on his brothers in the field. They were having this little battle with some Philistines. And his father sent David to check it out, you know. There's this big guy called Goliath, and he's taunting all the children of Israel, right? And David said, I'll go kill that Philistine. And Saul says, good idea. Why don't you put on my armor? Remember, and he tried to put on the king's armor. It's that same picture. The real little David. And the Bible is telling us to put on the king's armor. Truth, faith, salvation, righteousness. This is, this is God's armor. These are the qualities of God. And he's saying, clothe yourself, put on what is God's so that you can fight this battle. So those are the essentials that we need. But there's also some practices listed out here. And I want to go through a couple of practices. Because it's one thing when we prepare for battle is to gear up, right? And I, if I ever wanted to be in the army, or my dad wanted me to be a Marine, right, Matt? Hoorah. There you go. If you're going to go, go, go to the Marines. That's what my dad wanted me to do. It, the only thing that attracted me about the, the military and that still attracts people today is the gear. They have the greatest gear. At least it looks cool. You know, they have, they have all that gear. That's why, that's why we like to go. That's why I spent a lot of times in my childhood at the army surplus store because you could get military stuff and we, we used to love to wear it. You know, that they, they have great gear. Well, these essentials is the gear. The part I didn't like about thinking about joining the military is the practice part. You know, hiking and running obstacle courses and sit-ups and push-ups and, and you know, all the, the all that practice, all that exercise stuff. You know, if I could just have the gear and not the practice, that would have been great. But we need both to have qualified, prepared soldiers. And for us to be in spiritual warfare, we need both. You need the gear, those essentials. And then there's some things you need to practice too. And that's what it goes on to tell us some of these practices. One, be diligent. Taking up the sword, right? Which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. That this is, and you've heard people talk about this probably, you know, the, in this, in this passage, the sword is the only offensive weapon mentioned. Everything else is for defense. Well, actually swords are used both for offense and defense. It's called attack and parry. Parry means to use your sword to to block away other things so a sword can be used both ways so if we're going to use a sword it's something that we need to be diligent with you know we shouldn't give someone a sword and say hey now go into battle right you need to practice with it second timothy two fifteen says this be diligent to present yourself approved to god a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth be diligent work hard uh, make every effort some of the verses will say to be able to handle the bible you're not going to go into the spiritual warfare use the word of god if you don't practice with it i was doing some study one of my favorite in movies of all times star wars i was going to show you a picture of luke skywalker 
right, with his lightsaber. Do you know how many hours and hours and hours Mark Hamilton practiced with that little stick so that he could make those movies, so that he could do those, those battle scenes with Darth Vader? That he had to, oh, it's there. Speak and it shall be there. Think about the diligence, the work, the effort he put in to be able to use that lightsaber effectively. There he is practicing. If we're going to use this weapon that God's given us, the true lightsaber, the sword of light, God's word, you have to practice with it. You got to know it. If you remember in Jesus, when Jesus was in temptation, when Jesus was fighting a battle with his flesh, what did he do at every case? He quoted scripture. That was the thing Satan couldn't battle. He, he quoted scripture. You know, he was defending himself and attacking Satan at the same time. He knew what scriptures he needed. And we need to be diligently practicing, ready ourselves with this word if we're going to fight these battles. And we got to be ready to use it appropriately and accurately. We need to have dependence on the Spirit. It says, taking up with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. It talks about the sword of the Spirit, that, that this is a spiritual battle and we have a trainer and a sergeant who's there to help us. That, that He is there to, that our dependence is not in our own ability, but on the power that lives within us. We sang about it today, the resurrection power within us. You are the fire in my veins that will not be contained. That it is the spirit within God, of God within me that enables me to have victory in these things. And my dependent needs to be on him. Show me where I need to go. Give me instructions on how to fight this battle. Give me the strength. You are my trainer. You are my helper. You are my leader, Oh spirit. Teach me to fight spiritual battles with your word and in your power. Something we need to practice all the time. Practice each day being led by the Spirit. That day of battle, then you will know how to hear His voice. Thirdly, we need dedication to prayer. Verse 16. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times. Prayer, every great war... One of the great advantages in a war, in a conflict, is communication. The better your communication, the better your advantage over your enemy. And prayer is nothing more than our communication with God, our communication with headquarters. And if we keep that communication line open, we are in a good way, uh, advantage over our enemy. And that's something that needs to be practiced. You don't just need to wait to the day of battle and say, okay, I'm going to try to dial up God right now and figure out what I need to do. You need to be able to regularly practice prayer so that you're prepared for the day when you really need a word from on high. We need to practice alertness of mind. It says, be on alert with all prayer, petition, pray for saints at all times with this in view. Be on alert with all perseverance and petition for the saints. We must be ready at all times. That anything can happen whenever it is. And, and, that, and that when things are, are happening, that we don't let our guard down. Uh, because Satan wants to attack when we least expect it. That these wars pop up in places we never expected it. To be honest with you, I never saw coming this week what, I, what ended up coming this week. That you need to always be alert of mind, looking and preparing yourselves. That you're kind of like the fireman, right? On duty. 
at any moment the bell can go off. You got to slide down the pole, throw on your gear, and out the door you go to put out the fire. We need to be alert, realizing that these battles are there. And finally, encouragement of comrades. Pray on my behalf. It says, with all petition, pray at all times in the Spirit with this in view. Be on alert with perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that we are not in this fight alone. One of the great things that, that, that war offers, I've seen it among people. I, I, watch, we, I watch our veterans here at the, the church, that they talk with each other differently than they talk to other people. They have a, a camaraderie. They have a, 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 a connection uh, that other people, normal people don't have, that they have with each other, especially people who have been in the same conflict with one another. They, they understand each other and they appreciate each other and they gain strength from one another, knowing that you understand, you've been there, you know what we're up against, you know, you know what I struggle with, you know what we've seen, you, you understand. And they gain this great strength from realizing they're not alone. Well, when we fight these battles, we must realize we're not alone. That there are other people, you're sitting beside them this morning, who understand the fights that you're having, the battles that you're having. And we must look to each other and draw from one another the strength of camaraderieship. That you know what it's like to win some of these battles. And you know what it's like to lose some of these battles. If we need anything, we need to be more real with one another. Let each other, to look into each other's eyes and say, you know, I've had a pretty stinky week. You know, I I was in some battles this week and I'm scarred up. I'm beaten and I've lost a few. And, and, And somebody else say, brother, sister, I feel you. I understand. I I know what you mean. I've been there too. And that we draw on each other and we rely to each other. If we can get to that, then it will be to a place where we say, I just can't wait to get to Sunday. Because once I get to Sunday, I'm going to draw from those people that I associate with. Those brothers and sisters who are in the same fight that I'm in, my comrades. I'm going to draw energy from them and I'm going to give energy to them from me. That's what you were for me this morning. I sat down here. And I listen to a group of people singing, how great is our God. We are more than overcomers. We are, we are victors. And I'll admit, tears were flowing from my eyes because I made it to Sunday. I made it to a time of worship with you. We're not perfect. You know I'm not perfect. If you don't know that, well, there's a newsflash for you. And I know you're not perfect. I figured that out just yesterday. But we're in this together. And being part of your family, being part of this and hearing, knowing that there's other people out there who I know are struggling, who I know are are, are in fights of discouragement and distress and darkness and doubt and defamation and all those spiritual battles. To know that we can make it to Sunday and we can come into God's presence and we can sing and we can worship and we can talk and hug each other. That kind of gives me strength to go on. One more week till next Sunday and we worship again. That's what we're here for. We, we want to fight these battles for God's sake. We want to fight them for His glory. We want to fight them in His power, giving the things, the essentials He has for us to practice all these things that we need to practice so that we can be victors. 
And then we want to encourage one another to do the same. Thank you, my brothers and sisters.